Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. You know, from time to time, we like to take you on the road with us. And if you've never had the chance to come and attend one of our events in person, that's probably something you want to set a goal for. We've put on over 2,000 events in the last 20 years, and they're always a memorable experience that helps people ignite change and transformation in their business and life. Our workhorse event is called the Success Tour, and I do between five to six of these in North America every year. Thousands of people will attend in person, and tens of thousands will watch via live stream. They get to see the first day of the program. So I'm going to take you to a, a live event we did recently in Anaheim, California, as I tried to help our audience in pursuit of their future treasure, and that the greatest asset they actually possess is themselves. Listen closely, and you'll find that you too are a diamond in the rough. There are very few secrets about success, but this is one of them. If you want to find acres of diamonds, the first diamond you've got to find is yourself. You have to understand that you're a diamond. In my faith tradition, I can boil it all down to this. God doesn't make any junk. In my faith tradition, it says man is made in the image of God. Every one of you. Some a little rougher around the edges. Some might have lost a little of their shine. Some of you married a diamond. But they've been underground for quite some time. <laughs> so that's what this session's about. This session is going to be focused on you, and it's going to be a very intense one-on-one. -on -one. I met with a group of kids last year that graduated from one of the top business schools in America. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars were spent in each one of these kids to get their master's in business. And they were working on a project... They had a relationship with my son, so they flew to San Diego for a little hangout with Mr. B. Any young person I get to work with, they call me Mr. B. Maybe I'm going to be Grandpa B now. Or, or Grandpa is a B. That's possible. And I sat him down, and before they came, I sent each one in a FedEx packet, a personalized note, and a book, Acres of Diamonds. And I asked them to read this a week before they came. And the first young man sits down, this group had aided him, and he goes, Mr. B, I learned more about business from reading this than five years of business school. And he says, I don't have the heart to tell my parents, because they spent $350,000. <laughs> and I go, great, that was the point, so I sent it to you. So the difference between me and most people is this, I'm a very ordinary fellow, house painter's son middle of my class in school, it comes to IQ and things like that. But I'll read something like this, and then I devour something like this, and then I study something like this, and I will go through it for a year, and I will eat the meat, and then I will go after the bones, and I'll suck the marrow out of the bones. And I will find out everything it has to offer. I'll find out about the man. How many of you have seen me do this in my presenting of these? Again and again and again. One of the things we're missing in our world today is curiosity, because technology solves a lot of things, but we don't have curiosity. So, Russell Conwell, 
This is a man who figured out a few things. He went overseas. He got exposed to this story. The story opened up his eyes. He saw evidence of those stories all over America. But he said, okay, like if anybody's a really good teacher, they are first a good student. And then as a student, they're an applier. Those are the people I want to listen to. In the world that we live in today, we don't even ask the question, what did you do? You know, most of the real estate trainers today never sold a house. Like when I was in real estate, you learn from people who learned their craft sitting in kitchen tables. When I took sweat hogs, okay, and I'm listening there, Floyd Wickman had been in kitchen tables and got signatures so he could tell funny stories because you knew he had been there and done that. Does that make sense? But today, it's people who have this tech and that wreck and this and that and the other. They've never had to get someone to sign something to make their house payment. And the events and the conferences are booked full of these people. Show me what you've done. I always want to know. If you ever hear me do an interview, I ask, well, tell me your past. What did you do? How did you do it? People come to me all the time, Brian, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a speaker. Can you help me be a speaker? I go, sure. What have you done? Well, I want to be a speaker. Go do something and then speak about it. Go freaking do something. But in the world we live in today, you don't have to, right? Because your book can come out. I sat on a panel on CNN with a woman who had a best-selling book on how to buy your first home. And her publisher told me in the green room that from the proceeds of the book, she actually bought her first home. True story. One of the top financial experts on CNN. So what did this guy do? He came back from his trip and said, I have acres of diamonds. So here's a couple of things this fellow did. He went out and started speaking about it. Gave this speech over 6,100 times and took the proceeds of that speech and founded and built, single-handedly, Temple University in Philadelphia. He had a passion for theology. So they would ask him to come speak at this small church and this small church having all these problems whatever else. So he said, okay. And he started guest speaking and became the, the lead pastor at this church. So we need to go on a fundraising thing. We're going to build a proper church here. Just built the university, we built a church. And so he started a fundraising campaign. And there was a little girl in the congregation. She started doing little bake sales and odd jobs. And it was Hattie May. And Hattie May saved up 57 cents. This is in the 1880s. But she got diphtheria and she died as a nine-year-old. And she had written a note while she was in the hospital to leave the 57 cents to him. And he told her story. And he would sell the pennies. He had 57 pennies and he sold them. And people would buy him for $300 and then donate the penny back to him. And he went on to build the largest Protestant church in the United States. He built Temple University. His best friends were Hershey, Wanamaker. Some of your best friends are Hershey too, but he actually knew the guy. <laughs> Astor. You name a major industrialist and around the turn of the century. This guy was involved in their life. Okay? Andrew Carnegie used to go to his church every Sunday. And went from being a third-class laborer to being the wealthiest man in the world. And this guy started, and I'll show you, I'll show you. He started something that exists in America in a way that's unique to America. It doesn't exist in any country in the world. But the rest of the world is suddenly awake and alive to. And the rest of the world is absolutely blown up in regards to its growth and development. And America's gone into the sleep cycle on part of its own heritage. So I'm going to talk to you right now in context of this. Now, honest to God, how many of you, when I say you're a diamond, how many of you, you kind of believe that? Can I see your hands? 
How many of you, honest to God, you're not so sure? Honest to God. Yeah. And if we went a little deeper, how many times in your life have you felt like I'm not all that? I don't have what it takes. Maybe I'm even a phony. Or I got to be more than me or something different for me to be valuable. I won't ask for a show of hands on that. So what are the five detours on this road to becoming a diamond? What are the detours? Buffini Company is the largest business coaching company. We have 21,000 clients. We have more data and research on the development and the transformation of businesses and business people than any organization in the world. You know, these speakers, they come here now, they've done all their research and homework. They can't wait to speak in front of a group like you. They've heard about you. Okay? I warned them, but they've heard about you. <laughs> That's why they get excited. So let me share with you the five detours. And as I go through this, I want you to put a check mark by if you've ever felt any of these. So first, a loss of motivation. Jim Rohn, my mentor, used to say this, motivation alone is not enough. If you have an idiot and you motivate him, now you have a motivated idiot. <laughs> so a loss of motivation. By the way, does motivation ebb and flow, yes or no? Can you state in a permanent state of motivation? No, that's called weird. That's called drugs. You don't want to be Yeah! All the time? Number two, you need a direction, specific direction. Another mentor, another friend, Brian Trace, he said, if you have a clear goal and a plan to achieve it, your focus is fixed on a set course of action. Instead of becoming sidetracked by distractions and diversions, your time is focused on a straight line from start to finish. Once you know. Once you know. My daughter-in-law got into that delivery room the other day. My son came back from training. I looked him in the eye. He came in, police escort, brought him in, the whole thing, yada, yada, yada. I walked in. I go, boy, one piece of advice. Don't say anything. <laughs> when they tell you to go catch, Johnny Bench, go down, catch, that's it. Just look in her eyes, serve her, and say, nothing. <laughs> Number three, a lack of accountability. Everybody wants accountability till they get it. The free-spirited real estate industry. There's nothing like us. We kind of have a job, but we don't. We kind of have a boss, but we don't. The broker says, we're having a meeting on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. It's mandatory. <laughs> Getting my hair done. Yeah. <laughs> mandatory. 1099 contractor. Yeah. Hello. Hello. You are not the boss of me. Highest paid coach in America, Nick Saban, makes 11 million bucks a year. I don't know how good of a coach he is, but he's the best recruiter in America. He spends 85% of his time on lead generation. During the national championship game, he has one of the best quarterbacks in the country not doing so well. So he pulls him out and puts another one in because he's got plenty of them. Because he's a recruiter. Because he had lead, 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 lead. Don't know how good of a coach he is. He just brings in great talent, but he does this. There are three things we can't have. We can't have complacency. We can't have selfishness. And we can't lose our accountability. That is the entire philosophy of the most successful coach in college football. This next one 
I have seen exponentially grow in the real estate business, and it is a silent assassin. It goes hand in hand with another silent assassin. This makes up 50% of it. It's called isolation. Real estate has moved home. We have offices at home. We used to have to go into the office for our computers. We used to have to go in for the MLS. We used to have to go in to make copies. We used to have to go in to get paperwork. We used to have to go in, and when we had to go in, we connected, we interacted, we brainstormed. You're walking down the hall, you're connected with people. I worked in an office in Mission Valley. There was 104 phenomenal agents in that office, and I learned so much from my peers. Today, the only place quieter than a Tibetan monastery is a real estate office at about 10 o'clock in the morning. Because they're all working from... Here's a little thing on this. If it's 10 o'clock and you're doing bills, you're not working from home. If it's 10 o'clock and you're surfing the net, you're not working from home. If it's 10 o'clock and you haven't showered, you're not working from home. You're just home. You're just home. And so what's happened is because of the tech, and oh, by the way, this is going on culturally, the tech is leading to isolation because we have pseudo community, we have pseudo connection. I mean, here's the thing. I follow my kids on Snapchat because they post little things and it makes me feel like I'm connected and it can lull me to sleep as a parent because I saw this and I saw this little video that I actually interacted with them that day and I didn't. You hear me? And the tech is absolutely scudding towards isolation and real estate has become an isolated business. And here's what I'm going to share with you. There's a number of states in the United States where you don't have the death penalty. So the cruelest punishment, the most severest punishment they can give to a human being who's committed a heinous crime is to isolate them and to put them by themselves. If we really want to stick it to someone, we put them by themselves. Human beings do not do well in isolation. Now, I know that people drive you nuts. Like, real estate would be great except for the people. Is that true? I, mean, I always love the new agents. Any new agents here? Anyone in the business? Has any, I mean, when people get in the business, they got great hopes. Oh, I, just, I love houses. I love houses. And I love people. I love people. I love people. I love houses. That's perfect. Well, you love people because you haven't had any clients yet. That's why you love people. This is going to change. So some people drive you nuts, but some people drive you up. Some people raise you up. Some people elevate you up. Some people are just there for you, and you get to be there for people too. Okay? Uh, Henry Cloud, he's spoken at many of our events, the brilliant Henry Cloud. He says this, there's a difference between solitude and isolation. One is connected and one isn't. Solitude replenishes, isolation diminishes. So solitude is good because you're refueling the battery. And by the way, different people have different levels of people fuel. Does that make sense? And so some people go, 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 go. When Beverly and I were first married, we'd take two cars to a party. Because I'm Irish. 10 o'clock. It's just getting started. And Beverly's like, mm. We had to learn. Take two cars to the party. Because I'm just getting going. Because I have a massive quantity of people fuel. And Beverly loves people. And then I'm done. Does that make sense? So understand, that's human being. There's nothing wrong with you. And it doesn't mean you can't be in a relational business. It means this. If you're a person with limited people fuel, you need to be very directed and very focused on when you invest your time and energy into people. And then you need time by yourself. And you can write notes and you can do other things. Are you guys with me, yes or no? 
But if you're in isolation, you're at risk. If you're in isolation, you're getting worse. And by the way, when human beings are hurt and struggling, what do we want to do? Isolate. Men especially. 60% of men who die of a heart attack are found by themselves. The number one place for a man to be found dead is in a bathroom. Why? Because we don't want to be embarrassed by dying in public. We retreat, we withdraw, we go to a quiet little place by ourselves. Are you guys hearing me, yes or no? Isolation. And then last one, what I consider the deadliest of all is called drift. Drift. Nobody sets out to totally screw up their life. Nobody says, oh, watch this. I got a goal, I got a plan, I got a schedule. This is going to hose my finances so bad. Watch. I'm going to jack up my business. Where do you see this one? I'm going to screw up my relationships. I'm going to just tear up my health. Nobody does that. It is drift. George Bernard Shaw, a great Irishman, says, to be in hell is to drift, to be in heaven is to steer. There's a gentleman who died a few years ago who they say saved more American lives than the inventor of the polio vaccine, than the inventor of statin drugs. They listed the top 10 drugs that have saved people and they put them all together and this guy, they believe, has saved more people than all of those people combined. And in 1952, he introduced to America this right here. It's called a rumble strip. How many of you frequent the rumble strip? <laughs> For those of you who don't know a rumble strip, it sounds like this. <laughs> when Kevin Buffini first came to America, I told him that the Americans were such an advanced culture, they built that for blind people to be able to drive. <laughs> Americans are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> Why does the rumble strip save lives? Because it's a little accountability piece that lets you know that you've what? Drifted. Let me ask you. Do you have a rumble strip for your business? Do you? Do you have a rumble strip for your time? Do you have a rumble strip for your health? Do you have a rumble strip for your finances? You know, we all think, you know, Brian, when did you become a self-made millionaire? Never. There's nothing self-made about me. I have to give you a long, long list of people who've helped me, people I've read, people who mentored me, people I studied, people who are long since gone that I read their works and applied it to my life. And I have a series of rumble strips in my life in every area of my life. Because we are predisposed as human beings to drift. People don't screw up their lives intentionally. We screw up our lives by drifting away from it. Watch this. How many of you in this room have ever done Popeyes and gotten a great result from them? Can I see your hands, please? How many of you ever did a bunch of Popeyes, got a bunch of referrals, made a bunch of money, and then stopped doing them? Let me see your hands. Yeah, let's stop that. Made a lot of sales with some really good people. I made a bunch of money. I really enjoyed it. How can I stop that? And then the coach is over there. And, and that's part of the doom, doom. And you get on. Are you with me? It's how it happens. How it happens. So, how many of you would say at least one or more of those detours have affected you in your life? Let me see your hands. Great. So here's the solution. Here's how to increase your value. You can start here and end up here. 
Here's a tip, because I know we live in a very politically correct world. This is better. <laughs> you write that one down. I've been broke in America. Out of fortune and back money to hospitals and all that stuff. And I have been mega rich in America. I'm going to tell you, mega rich is better. You can write that one down too. So how do you get there? How do you get there? How do you get there if you're an immigrant with 92 bucks in your wallet and a bunch of medical bills? Ah, you see, I was blessed. Because I landed in America. Which was the first country in the history of the world to have this next principle available in abundance. And it's called self-development. Self-development. And the self-development movement was started by a man named Russell Conwell. And by the way, you know why it was inspired? And he even says it himself. The reason you know God was at work in this little work, he says, there are presentations I prepared for a year. And I presented but once, and the people found no value in it. He said, this presentation, I had no time, no attention, and no detail. And I did not think it was any good. And that's how usually magic happens. When you hold it open. One of the people he mentioned was a fellow by the name of George Clayson. George Clayson wrote a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. Which was a book that helped so many people. That's the first book that helped me become a millionaire. A beautiful little series of parables. Simple little book. I used to read it to my kids at bedtime so they can have their own money. <laughs> George Clayson, he mentored a man by the name of Dale Carnegie. He wrote a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Years ago, my house burned down. We lost over 5,000 books in our home. I got a chance to start over with a brand new house and I had a huge big library built and no books, not a single book. And then I realized it was an opportunity to start over again. This was one of the first books I bought. Read it and put it back on the shelf. And I said, I'm going to start again. Dale Carney was a major influence on a man named Napoleon Hill who wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. He was a great influence with a brilliant woman by the name of Dorothea Brand, which most people don't know about. And she wrote a book called Wake Up and Live. By the way, this was the best-selling personal growth book up until the 1930s. You cannot find it. In fact, we went and bought... 3,000 copies of it last August to give to our audience. And the publisher sent me this freaking thing in the mail. That's Dorothea Brown. the only picture you can find of her. And that's not even how her name is spelled. And I got exposed to her from one of my mentors named Ogmandino. Then along came Earl Nightingale, Earl the Pearl. Earl the Pearl with the strangest secret. The first talking album in American history to sell a million copies in the 1950s. Brilliant man, brilliant man. I re-recorded it here recently in a podcast, The Brian Buffini Show, and you can listen to it for free. That will polish you up more than a little bit. I've listened to that in my life more than 200 times. See, I'm not listening to Fox News and MSNBC because I already know what they're going to say. Do you? Do you think Sean Hannity is suddenly going to Oh, it's Obama is my man. You think that's going to happen? You think Rachel Maddow is suddenly going to think, I think the Donald is awesome. I wish he would tweet more. Do you know what they're going to say? Then why in the hell are we tuning in to hear him say it? And get riled up by people whose job it is to rile us up. Go listen to this stuff. They're there. They've lived it. Dorothea Brand struggled her whole life. 
They made a movie about her life called I'll Cry Tomorrow. She's one of the most successful people in history. I think it was Rita Hayworth played her. Susan Hayward. That's a little different. See, as a grandpa, I'm starting to forget people's names. You know, it's happening. Last five days has been very tough. Max Maltz, Norman Vincent Peale, W. Clement Stone all came out of these people. The great Ogmandino. Ogmandino, who flew missions in World War II who became a drunk, who lost his wife and his marriage and his kid, who was standing outside of a Cleveland pawn shop. You know the movie Shawshank Redemption when Red is standing outside and he's looking at a gun? You think he's going to buy a gun? That's a reenactment of Ogmandino's life. He was standing in the rain. He had $10 to his name. He's looking in a pawn shop window and he's going to buy a gun to end his life. And St. Pat's Cathedral is down the street and he hears some singing and it sounded like angels and he went down and they were singing Amazing Grace. Ogmandino, a year later, was the editor of Success Magazine and built it into this massive thing that blessed people's lives. He then started writing his books. He was a full-time job at Success Magazine. He'd get up at four, listen, he'd get up at four in the morning every day and he'd write one page. Listen to me, listen to me. Four in the morning, one page. Four in the morning, one page. Four in the morning, two personal notes. Four in the morning. In the second half of the 20th century, only the Bible sold more copies than Ogmandino. 56 million copies of his books were sold. Before TV, before infomercials, before social media. Out of him came Zig, Brian, and Jim. And I've done my best to introduce you to those men as much as I can. They've been on our stages, been on my life. I had one of the best days in my life last year. And Brian Tracy, who's a neighbor, came down and we spent all day together and we recorded two podcasts for you. And if you don't get fired up listening to that stuff, you might not have any red blood cells. And how much does it cost? What's that? How much does it cost to become a rare diamond? What an age we live in that you can listen to that stuff. From 1938 to 2000, the United States went on an unprecedented period of growth and grew at a pace three times faster than any economy in the history of the world. The average person in America became the wealthiest person in the world. People on welfare in America are in the top 17% of income earners in the world. And this is the history. You ask Walter Bond, where's all the speaking engagement? They're asking him overseas. Brian Tracy, overseas. Les Brown, overseas. All the requests I get, overseas. We know what made America. We've seen this stuff and we want it over here. Hundreds and hundreds of requests to go overseas because they've seen it. And here in the States, we're just oogling and googling. We're watching this and reading that. Clickbait, they call it. Clickbait are the headlines that are designed to make you click on them and somebody gets paid a penny. They don't have to be true. They don't have to be right. They can be masquerading as a news story, a sports story, as anything. It's called clickbait. And you just got baited. Some dude in Lithuania just made a penny. Boom. But overseas, where these economies are growing, because they just got exposed to this stuff, they're 100 years behind America. And they are closing fast. And they're closing fast with American personal growth and development. Are you hearing me? So what are we doing here? Okay. So what we do is we kind of do these things that become internet sensations that are kind of fun. 
So I'm going to show you some fun stuff. I'm not going to contrast really good stuff with really bad stuff. I'm going to contrast really good stuff with kind of fun stuff. So this is an internet sensation last year, and it's a video by a couple of millennials that took off, and it says how animals eat their food. It's kind of fun. It's a little mental candy, right? It's like one of those little fun-sized Snicker bars, you know what I mean? You don't feel like you're doing something bad. How many people have watched that? 130 million people. Okay? I'm going to show you a video. I'm not going to play it for you, but it's Ogmandino. You can look it up yourself. I've watched this thousands of times. Every time I speak, every time I'm on a high or every time I'm on a down, I watch this. I know every word, I know every pause, I know every sentence. But I watch this. You know how many people have watched this? It's had 30,000 views. 130 million? 30,000 views. 130 million. Now here's the deal. Did anybody get richer from how animals eat their food? Did they get smarter? Did they get a little blessing in their day? Yes or no? Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's kind of cute. Ogmandino changed my life. Ogmandino continues to change my life. My only regret, in 1992, I had a chance to go see him. I sat on real estate. I had a chance to go see him. He was speaking in San Diego. I had a bunch of appointments, and I was just too busy, and I didn't go. And it is one of the major regrets in my life. Because all I would do is stand in line, I would just want to thank him. 30,000 views, and I'm telling you, I must have had half of them. <laughs> a man that sold 56 million copies of his books, do you think he has something to say, yes or no? Do you think a man who was so down and so low in his mid-40s that he was going to take his own life because he'd lost everything and he called himself a miserable failure who went on to become one of the most influential Americans that ever lived and influenced generations? Does he have anything to share, yes or no? Here's another one. This one was popular. This was very fun. It's called Charlie Bit My Finger. How many people have viewed Charlie Bit My Finger? 857 million. On its way to a billion people. The record that changed America was called The Strangest Secret. A million albums were sold. The first time in history a talking album sold a million copies. Now, I've started promoting this. I've been promoting this for some time, and my power and influence is obviously being demonstrated because The Strangest Secret that was recorded in the 50s now has 73,000 views. Charlie Bit My Finger has 857 million. I'm not saying Charlie Bit My Finger is bad. I'm just saying it's not going to change your life. The Strangest Secret will. If you listen to that, it'll change something for you. And the more you listen to it, the more it will change for you. Why? Because it's wisdom. And we're starving for wisdom. We are surrounded by information. We're starving for wisdom. Is everybody with me? Because wisdom is the number one way that diamonds are made. That's how they get polished. That's how the dross gets knocked away. Number two, focus on your goals. Focus on your goals. You always want to have a sharp point to the goal. It's got to be sharp. Focus on your goals. Venus Williams says, I don't focus on what I'm up against. I focus on my goals and I try to ignore the rest. Words to live by. A woman that changed the whole sport. Number three, get help. Get help. Come on. John Wayne Airport's just down the street. But John Wayne had help. 
We try to go it alone. It just takes longer. May not happen at all. We get to carry the whole burden and we don't get to share the joy with anybody. Don't go it alone. We got to take the self out of self-help. We got to take the self out of self-employed. Are you with me? Les Brown, who spoke many times at our event, said, ask for help, not because you're weak, but because you want to remain strong. Number four, find your community. Where do you connect? Where are there birds of a feather? Well, you have similar philosophy. You want to grow. You want to develop. You want to help each other. I'm so amazed. How many of you through Buffini and Company have met people that have become just great friends and associates? Let me see your hand. It's a beautiful thing. It's one of the most magical parts about the whole thing. And you guys get together and do it your own way. We help facilitate it in a number of capacities. One of them is through the groups. So thousands and thousands of people meet every month who are members in the system. How many people here volunteer to lead a group or host a group? Let me see your hands. Thank you for volunteering your time to give back to others. Next, be intentional about your priorities. Be intentional about your priorities. We've been teaching on the five circles for a long time. Spiritual, family, business, financial, personal. And we've been helping people set goals in those areas for a long time. Because the magic is, if you have a little increase in this area here, something that goes on positive. It impacts here. It can impact here. Personal is your physical and emotional well-being. It impacts here. So when we help people set goals, now we coach people in the business. We help them with the finances. And then we'll ask them, what do you want me to support you in in the rest of this stuff? Because people have different things. Hey, I want you to help me with this, but I don't want this as my own little world here. Fine. When you set goals in that area, they're one part of a rumble strip. You have a system. It's another part of a rumble strip. You get a coach, you get another rumble strip. You get community and groups, you get another rumble strip. Over and over again. Here's the thing. We are all going to drift. We're all going to drift. The question is, how much and how far? There's people who drift, and there's no rumble strip of all, and they don't know. And they end up in a ditch. Are you with me? And so we are all going to drift. It's human nature. Human beings were designed to actually need each other. It's just one of the fatal flaws in the design. We have to have others. In whatever capacity. And so the dynamic is, all of these different pieces, spiritual, family, business, financial, personal, don't go it alone. So what we're going to do is help you keep your eyes straight ahead on the road. And the number one way to keep your eyes on the road is the goal. And I've had the privilege of leading more people in goal writing than anyone in the world. And you're just going to be another group here today. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it in three capacities. Okay? We're going to have 10-day goals. We're going to have 10-month goals, and we're going to have a five-year goal. And there's a dynamic to this, and I know we've helped a lot of you get down the path on 12 weeks and all this kind of stuff, and I know that. Understand there's an intentionality to everything I do. So we're going to go 10 days. That's to help you with specific focus. 10 months helps you to get out of tactical and to get somewhat strategic. And then five years... Well, the five years becomes strategy that leads to a higher sense of purpose. So, 10-day goals. You're going to write some 10-day goals here in a minute. 
10-day goals will not change your entire life, but they will change some of your life, and they're going to create what I believe is the most important thing in all of personal growth and development, and I've been at this for 32 years, and it's a word called momentum. How many of you have ever had a period of time in your life where it was like, man, what can go wrong has gone wrong? Could I see your hands? How many of you have ever had an experience where everything you can imagine has gone right? Now, it's interesting we don't get as many hands because we tend to focus on what's going wrong as opposed to what's going right. Here is the key. There's two types of momentum. There's a momentum that drives you down and there's a momentum that can help you rise up. And the key is how to stop negative momentum and how to start positive momentum. And the greatest technique I've ever found for this in my life is a 10-day goal. Because you're not going to change everything in your world in 10 days. No one believes that. Are you guys with me? Yes or no? Okay. And there's people today and they sell this stuff and it's, you know, sit under a rock and do the thing and whatever else. And in 10 days, visualize and just attract it into your life. And they're like, ah. Now, it's not saying there's not some elements of that that's good, but I just been coaching people for 30 years. I just never seen it. You can change some things in 10 days. Are you guys with me? Yes or no? You can get a list together of things you want to get done in 10 days, and you'll have a highly productive 10 days, and you will create positive what? How many of you like the idea of positive momentum? So if you're experiencing negative momentum, or you feel like you're stuck, or you're not going anywhere, a 10-day goal is a gift. Looks like this, and this is the coolest little technique, and I can tell you about 50 different psychological reasons for this, but I want you to take this. At the end of the event, transfer the 10-day goals, you'll pretty them up, you'll write them a little nicer, you might adjust a little bit, and you put this somewhere where you can see it every day. They're designed to be able to withstand the steam in the bathroom. (laughs) Because mine go like this. I put them on the bathroom mirror, and I go look at them, and I'll do this five times this year, because I go to all the success tours, I don't know if you know that. (laughs) And I'll do this, when you guys are writing, I'll be writing my goals, And I will bring this home, and I will stick it on my mirror Wednesday night. And what I have is a drawer full of them. And I check the box, and I check the box, and I check the box. And I'll grab another one, and if there's one that was missed or didn't quite execute on it, it goes on to the next one, and it goes up. And I have stacks. I actually have two drawers in my cabinets, in my side of the bathroom, my wing of the home, and all 10-day goals. And I'm going to tell you this, one 10-day goal at a time is transformative. You won't lose 100 pounds in 10 days, but you could lose five. You won't make a million dollars in 10 days, but you could make a lead or three. And that's what it's designed for. 10 months now, you start to get a little bigger, and you start thinking about what would be one good-sized thing I could get done in a year. And there's a reason I give you 10 months. Because it's more specific. And if you give yourself a year, you'll take 14 months or not at all. And then the five-year goal. Five-year goals, I want you to pick the date and write it down. So it's 2023. All right, there's a young person. (laughs) The days are long. The years are short. And most people will overestimate what they can accomplish in a year would radically underestimate what they can accomplish in five years. Does this make sense? So that's why we're going to do these kinds of goals. Spiritual, family, business, financial, personal, for 10 days. Pick one thing, and it's a task you're going to do in the next 10 days. 
right by February 18, and it says, I will. Say those two words. I will. I will. Not like a kamikaze pilot on his 27th mission. I will. And pick one task, spiritually, family, business, financial, personal. Okay? 10-month goals. So pick the date out there. And now you pick one thing you think you could get accomplished in a year. And then your five-year goal is this. I want you to get a little goofy. I want you to get a little crazy. I want you to get uncomfortable. I want you to stretch beyond your conscious mind and all the limiting factors that go on that go, you can't do this. How are you going to do that? You can't pay for this. How are you going to do that? Yada, yada, yada. And for five minutes, you say, shut up. Just shut up. You know, they have the two on each other. Shut up. And for five minutes, I just want you to think in terms of best case scenario. Crazy best case scenario. Are you guys hearing me? Financially. Crazy best case scenario. Okay? Things happen, right? In your family life, in your spiritual life, in your health, whatever. You can pick one thing, you can pick five things. Best case scenario, crazy good. We're going to play this soft classical Baroque style music. Again, there's a science behind this. Man won the Nobel Prize for this called Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He wrote a book called Flow. We're going to play this music to relax the right side of your brain. We want the left side to go linear, logical, and just go to work. If you get done with your 10-day goals, and you get done with your 10-month goals, and you get done with your five-year goal, then I want you to sit there. I want you to close your eyes, two feet on the ground. I want you to visualize what just, you just wrote. Just enjoy the music. upset if you didn't finish there's a part of me doesn't want you to finish there's a part of me wants you thinking when you're sleeping tonight tomorrow night what I would like you to do is to have that five-year goal go back and revisit it and rewrite it by the end of this weekend and if you will do that it can change your life and I know that because I'm standing in front of you okay and I'm going to tell you this for a fact. For years, people were telling me I was a diamond. And I felt like a lump of coal. That's why I always tried harder than everybody else. Because I didn't think I had enough value. I always put in more hours. and Because I, I didn't think I had it. For many, 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 many years. But you keep growing, you keep growing, you keep growing. And now I don't walk around going, <laughs> I'm a diamond. But I understand that the more I work on myself and the better I become, the more it helps other people. And the more it helps other people, everything else seems to work out in my life in all capacities. Does that make sense? And so there is no downside to you becoming better. There is no downside to you spending time working on yourself. There is no downside to you investing time, energy, and money in yourself. Especially if you become outwardly focused and your desire is to serve others. 
Because if you'll do that, now you have the magic working for you. And by the way, the more you serve people, the more it will demand of you to grow. Does that make sense? The more you try to help people, the more you're going to be required to grow. And the more you grow, the more you're able to take advantage of an opportunity. I had a conversation with a friend of mine. I said, you know, some people, if you hand them a diamond, they think it's a lump of coal, and they drop it in their foot and complain they broke their foot. Are you guys with me, yes or no? There's an awful lot of people in our culture today who think diamonds are coal. And it's them. Look at the list of the top medications in America. There's an awful lot of people walking around saying, I am a lump of coal. That may be the case. But inside there's a diamond. You have to go through a lump of coal to get to a diamond. If that makes sense, say I. And you chip away and you chip away and you chip away. And you chip away and you get help to chip away. And sometimes you get accountability that chips you away. And sometimes you get exposed to information that chips you away. Not all growth is pleasant. But all growth is beneficial. What I decided to do was to be proactive about my growth. As opposed to learning from the really bad mistakes or the really bad things that happen. How many of you have had something very tough happen in your life that's kind of made you into the person you are today? Could I see your hands? And you've said... I would never want that to happen again, but it's part of making me who I am. Is that true? Well, rather than have the piano fall on your head to help you grow, why don't you take piano lessons? I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) You have a chance today. You have a chance today to make a decision. I just wrote some 10-day goals. Come hell or high water, I'm going to do it. And we've had all of that happen to people leaving an event. We've had hell and high water. Are you with me? No matter what. Because here's the thing. If you can't get 10 days, no chance getting 10 months. Are you hearing me, yes or no? But when you get 10 days, you get that positive momentum. Now you've got a shot. You've got a legitimate shot. And you get after that 10 months. Now you'll start pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. And here's what happens. What happens is, you'll end up going out for this five year. And here's what I've seen repeatedly. It'll be different and better and bigger and beyond. I can't tell you how many of my goals turned out so much better than anything I could conceive at the time. But it happened through the refinement of pursuing it every day, one bit at a time, one call at a time, one personal note at a time. One Popeye at a time. One book at a time. One decision at a time. No, didn't decide that, did decide this. Listen to that, didn't listen to this. Read that, didn't watch this. Ate that, didn't eat that. You with me? Small. Make your business big, focus small. Make your life big, make your focus small. The beautiful thing is this. Some of you are here today, and you get a little uncomfortable with all this stuff. You know, it's very easy. Talking about riches and diamonds and all of this stuff. Here they up talking boxes of gold coins. The greedy bastard seminar. <laughs> you too can be a greedy bastard. Three easy steps, payments of 129. <laughs> Get together in greedy bastard small groups. Here's the deal. Get to give it away. Get to give it away. 
You want to try it? You get to give it away. Get to give it away. Get to give it away. Right? Yeah. Okay. Get to give it away. See, that's a good life. For some of you, guess what you get to give away? Yourself. You do this so good, you're faithful, you take care of the finances, you build up your net worth, and you know what you're able to do? Give your time, energy, and wisdom to some organization that's really meaningful, that really benefits people. You know what I'm going to do? The latter part of my life, I'm going to give myself away. Oh, but I can give resources away. Okay? When Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana, Buffini Company, great, here's what we're going to do. Rather than, oh, feel bad and complain and complain about the government, and here's what we're going to do. Call up our clients, say, who's coming? We're going down to Louisiana, we're going to build 12 houses. I put up the money, you guys put up the labor, let's go down there together. I painted walls. We built 12 houses for 12 families. We didn't change the whole state of Louisiana, but we changed the state of 12 families. Right? Why? Because I wrote 10,000 personal notes and made calls sometimes when I didn't feel like doing it and did Popeyes and listened to the needs of my customers when sometimes I just wanted someone to listen to my needs. Are you with me? And then you get to give it away. Well, I hope you enjoyed that live presentation. Something a little different for you. And I hope you avoid those detours on the road to success I was talking about. Make sure you lean into the five ways to increase your value. And I hope you set yourself some 10-day goals, some 10-month goals, and a five-year goal for yourself. Also, don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a review for us. You know our goal is to positively influence as many folks as we can. So please, share the show with someone you care about. Before we finish up here today, the great Mr. David Lally. He's a producer of the show, and he has a few things to share with you today. Thanks, Brian. Powerful stuff. If you'd like to see Brian live at a success tour, visit buffiniandcompany.com to find one near you. And as we leave you here today, enjoy this Irish blessing from Brian's mum, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.